Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Good evening, and thank you for joining us again another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where Italy just won't leave us alone. But in other acts of continental movement, soon we're traveling to Yugoslavia. Uh, and to that end, we need to get into introductions. And so we will do that starting to my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who is not having a good night. No, no, sir. Not a single, single good night amongst most of you. Uh, to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I've been indulging in the delightful American pastime of barbecuing. Hmm. Yes. Indeed you have at the end of the table. Hi, this is Charles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith. And I beg to differ with Mr. Uh, Fraser there, uh, since I, or Simon, has had a exploding drum, multiple damages, and then had Fraser beat him about the head when he tried to calm him down. How does that make a good night for Fraser? Oh, well, I mean, just another Tuesday. Uh, to Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger. And I'm just looking forward to a fun little road trip with some friends. Yeah, I look forward to it someday in your future as well. And last, most certainly not least. I'm Martin and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, Richard really does wonder about the wisdom of travelling over the same checkpoint for a third time. Yes, there does seem to be a law of averages that is echoing inside your brain, Professor. Um, a Something like tempting fate. It's hard to get uh, completely around. Your, your brain is a little squishy at this point, given, well, everything. Uh, but I'm certain that no evils will befall you at a checkpoint or along the way. So it's only uh, bright skies and uh, open roads from here on out, right? Well, if we're lucky, Professor, there will be no respawning of black shirts at the checkpoint. If we're lucky, we'll find a map that shows us another road we can take. But since luck is not with you, we'll join you on the road. It is, as we raise our curtain, very, very late at night. The churn of this likely farmer's requisitioned pickup is heavy. It feels like the truck is moving through molasses, Mr. Fraser. It doesn't really want to get up to speed. And it isn't likely of the weight that it carries. That's not the trouble. The trouble is likely just the age of the engine. And you're really having to, to stand on the accelerator pedal to get it to normal speed. There doesn't seem to be the same gusto as the uh, the, the, the car that was used before, happily borrowed from Anton's barn. Yes, that's uh, something we're going to have to deal with uh, a little late further down the road. The fact that there is going to be the smoldering wreck of, uh, of a car sitting in the middle of it. Mm. Yes. It isn't really too long 
um, maybe a bit longer than you expected, but you, you do come to that bend in the road. It's not the checkpoint that you see. It's not really even the car that you see that, that brings your mind into sharper focus. It's the bend in the road because your brain already knows what lay beyond it. And you almost hope that all of it had been some sort of fevered dream, but um, the headlights of this truck, even though they're a bit dim, uh, shatter that fantasy even as it tries to get solid. I wonder, um, back at the cottage, were there any other clothes, maybe a cap or something that... uh, uh, I can have requisitioned from myself just to just in case we meet anybody on the road to make myself look as much like the kind of person that would drive this sort of vehicle as possible. Um, possibly a, a, a coat or a jacket for her ladyship as well to wear. Mm, go ahead and roll luck for me. Oh, I shall do so. Oh, that's a failure. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for you, you didn't really find anything for... Lady Elizabeth that would likely fit the best you could muster up for yourself was an actual farmer's hat I mean I'm not worried about it fitting Lady Elizabeth it's just going to be something to make her um, a little less uh, stand out a little bit less in this um, somewhat um, less than high class vehicle yeah your hat is pretty broad brimmed Um, it's probably a little too broad brimmed it's a sombrero, isn't it? It's not, um, but it's close. Does it have corks hanging around the edges? It, it? <laughs> it does not. No, but there is a smell to it. It smells, well, it smells like the farm a little bit. That's fine. I don't care. I just want to leave Italy. I think he's um, he's reached a, a point where things like that are of, of little to no concern. Just as long as this, this truck keeps moving... The truck does, in fact, keep moving. It moves past a empty checkpoint, or what was left of it. It moves past several, well, pieces of what you might call evidence of someone having been here before. One of which is a smoking wreck of a much finer vehicle. I shall carefully give that as wide a berth as I can. I'm not quite sure how wide this, this road is, but... It's probably about a lane and a half total. Not really a proper two-lane road, but it's about a lane and a half. And uh, if I have to go slightly off the road, you know, maybe a, a wheel off the road just to get around it, then uh, that's what I'll, I'll need to do. It strikes me as the kind of vehicle that will be able to cope with that all right. Oh, yeah. You're able to make your way past it. Um, you can still see some of the trees in the area here are still smoldering a little, which for you professor sets you a little on edge it's not real fire but uh, you see the smolder up in the trees and you wonder well will that catch how far will it still go and then it's gone and you're rejoined by the darkness that makes up the environment the road the trees the late night as the truck turns forward getting back to the cave system or the road that led you to the cave system Originally, isn't hard. You know the way, which is nice. Or at least some of it. No, you've been back and forth a couple of times. You don't see anyone else on the road. There are no other cars that pass you or come up behind you. And that city that sits off from 
sits near that lays near that uh, cave system, uh, Postumia, begins to uh, appear on the horizon. Well, I'm glad that checkpoint was empty. I um, I'm not sure I could have dealt with that for a third time. What? Oh, we went past the checkpoint again. Maggie's a little distracted by body parts. She's kind of in a in her own, in her in her own headspace. You remember that uh, uh, Simon is at three hit points, so he he's kind of not paying attention to anything, but just curling up and napping. Yeah, Fraser is kind of quite has quite 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 studiously not had a conversation with Simon. He could, he can hardly bear to look him in the eye, and he's kind of feeling a little bit uncomfortable sitting beside um, Lady Flamethrower as well. Lady has not spoken this entire time. She's just been staring straight ahead. With her hands on her cane, deliberately not looking at anyone or saying anything. It's very quiet. Apart from the incredibly loud engine noise. <laughs> Just an awkward, tense car ride. Sounds like a normal family ride in the car to me. <laughs> yes, this is actually kind of nice for you, Fraser, because very few people are talking. You're allowed to concentrate. And quite frankly, you'd rather not speak to half of them anyway. So uh, the city comes up relatively quickly. Um, it's not a terribly large one. Uh, it looks like there's a main central road. There's a fork in it left or right, your choice. And from what you can tell by signage, um, there what little there is at this hour uh, that's visible, the train station is, you'd have to go right to go towards it. You can see the tracks as they enter on the right-hand side, uh, just getting into the city where there's a little bit more light. I'm glad we haven't encountered anything so far. Um, yes, as we may actually make the train in uh, one piece. It would seem we might be out of the woods. Yes. How, how is your leg? Well, uh, which one? Uh, the right one. Which one? Oh, I mean, I mean your your real leg, of course. I'm I'm sure the other thing is quite as it was when uh, when you found it. Like, if I remember correctly, I was in a lot of pain at one point. Right? Bingo, you're still not feeling very well, especially on the right side. Uh, in fact, because you're traveling with all of the <laughs> pieces, uh, you you really just sort of feel crummy all over. Uh, but specifically your right leg, your knee hurts. The ankle is a little weak. So when you try to put weight on it, you feel almost like that soft ligament, soft tissue feels a little swollen in your ankle. Um, it's uh, it's not the greatest night, obviously, and the the back of this flatbed is not making it any better. Yeah, Richard, I I'll be honest. I I feel like I got hit with the car earlier. I um I, I just it all I, I'm assuming we're all not feeling the greatest, but um yes, my my leg and ankle are very troublesome right now. Yes, um. Uh, let, let, let me see if I can find something that might help. I mean, we we had the um uh, the, the the copper on your arm, and that helped a little, didn't it? Um, y- yes, it did. Um, it's it it's fine though, Richard. I I don't I don't need it to stop. Uh, um, uh, I I don't understand. Well, it's it's fine. I I can push through. I've grown kind of accustomed to it. If you're sure, yes, I, I, I think I'll, I think I'll be fine. 
Well, okay. I mean, if I see something that I think might help, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. I'd hate to not feel them. What? Your, your leg? Oh, um, well, just uh, anything. The the parts in in, in general. It's, uh, it's it, no no worries for you, Richard. I'll be fine. Everyth- everything's fine. I'll be fine. Okay. Richard's confused at this point. Doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, you could roll psychology if you'd like. Ooh. Let's see what happens here. Ooh, that's an 80. Mm, close, but no cigar. Richard has a, a psychology of 61. Yeah, she's been through an awful lot, you figure, Professor. Maybe she's just uh, tired, hasn't had a ton of sleep. Whatever happened in the cave was probably pretty daunting. So everybody just needs some sleep, you think. Even yourself, for that matter. So when you get near the train station, Fraser, you see... Sorry, why am I going to the train station? Sorry, are you not, are you not stopping here at all at the train station? You're heading straight through? Uh, I think that was the idea that we were going to drive to um, Ljubljana. Right, okay. But maybe 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 I picked that up wrong. I think maybe that's that that that's something we we should decide on then. If, if um, I thought we were continuing on because we'd already missed the train through Postumia. Yeah, I mean we'll have to wait in Postumia for like twelve hours or something. So um, my thought was just to get out of Italy as as quickly as we could, and then you know catch the train in a slightly bigger bigger city, an actual city, where we would be able to find somewhere to stay, and hopefully wouldn't be um, being chased after by black shirts. Okay. Very well. So you head straight through uh, Postuma. It uh, it isn't hard to get through. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I mean, if I can avoid going through towns and, and that, then you know, so much the better. Just yeah. Unfortunately, this is sort of your only route through here. So getting through doesn't take any more than five ten minutes, as long as you're not stopping. Uh, that said, the road that leads beyond that is it's about two miles or so before it forks and you end up taking the right path as signs lead you towards uh, Yugoslavia. Uh, I know it's very late at night. Is there anywhere um, as we go through um, the town that looks like it's open to sell um, gasoline? No. Okay. No, you are betting and hoping that the uh, truck will pull you through at least until Ljubljana. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm assuming that there's not a petrol gauge on the on the truck. Nope, sure is not. Um, I mean, fifty miles. It's, you know, it's it's touch and go, really. But uh, we'll just have to drive it as far as we can. Mm, yep, that's very true. So, around about five miles beyond that tiny city, you pass through. You begin to see. Uh, some lights on the road and you see a structure that sort of sits on both sides of the road. This is the border with um, Italy and um, Yugoslavia then I take it? It does appear that, yes. Um, There is a sign in Italian that very few if any of you can read. (laughs) There is a sign below it in a different language. And then there is a man in a dark uniform with what looks like a, a series of, of white belts across his uniform. That is really some of the first 
clothing you pick up in the area. It's not by any means, um, you know, traffic white like we would see here in present day, but it's white material. And so it, it, it does pick up against the black background and you see a hand in the air. This gentleman uh, is seeming to advise you to stop. Okay. Um, I really don't think it would be a good idea to try and plow through this, especially as this um, truck probably doesn't do much more than 15 miles an hour. So I will um, I, I will slow down as I uh, approach the, the gentleman. Is he, does he look like he's armed? Oh, absolutely. And so is the other pair, the other pair of gentlemen that are in that same house, that same checkpoint area, they're also armed. And they have a bit more of a, an aggressive stance than they're not rifles up by any means, but they're paying attention to the car or the truck. Okay. Are the others concealing themselves in the back of the truck or are they just sitting in, in full view to be seen? Not sure what they're doing. How easy would it be to conceal ourselves? Do we have a means of concealing ourselves? Well, you did. Intelligently enough, you did bring several blankets with you. It would be possible potentially to conceal yourself back here uh, and perhaps crowd in some of the other uh, goods that you have with you. Um, but there are an awful lot of trunks. There are an awful lot of, uh, you know, just just the material that, that you've all brought with you, the gear. Anybody who wants to be concealed can, if you want to, you can make a stealth roll. But obviously, if you are making that stealth roll, you are, uh, you are trying to not be seen and thus it'll be opposed. I don't, uh, I, I kind of want to lean towards no. Um, I, honesty is the best policy. And I think it'll, maybe we can, maybe if we don't lay low, we'll be the better option this time. Hmm, all right, fair enough. So I would say to you, uh, the rest of you, let's get a call uh, openly on that. So, so the, obviously in the front seat, the driver, the passenger, there's no concealing them. Is anyone else in the back concealing themselves? No, no, Richard is very much not going to conceal himself. He's not very good at that. Okay, fair enough. Simon. Uh, Simon's just laying in the back with a blanket already over him. I mean, if they want to pull it over his head, it's fine. Yeah, just important to get it um, get it said. It's up to you. I mean, I think this is your decision, not a, if we want to pull a blanket over you. Do you want the blanket over you? Simon is is honestly, at this point, he's just letting everyone else deal with it. He's not going to do anything. So if he doesn't pull it over his head, he doesn't pull it over his head. He, he's not going to stress it. Worse happens. It's like, you know, he's injured. And if they're going to fuck with him, no. Very well. You approach the checkpoint. I'll ask, Mr. Fraser, do you come to a stop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if he, if he waves me down to stop, I stop. He does. He comes to the window. Wind the window down if he's presumably sort of taps on it to expect me to wind it down. He does expect you to, wipe, to, to wind it down. He has a flashlight. I, I, I would like my, my handgun out of sight, but readily available if I should require it. Um, I don't foresee requiring it, but I want to have the option to be able to, to grab it if necessary. Hmm. He looks uh, at the people who are in the cab... He hasn't even paid attention to what's in the back at this point. And you. Supporter? I will um, find my passport, hand it over to him. He takes it. And you? He points deeper into the truck towards Lady Elizabeth. Well, Fraser would have my papers, so it's his job to hand them over. Yep, I'll um, I'll, I'll glance over and, 
Um, and then I'll hand over her ladyship's uh, papers to the officer. He looks at them just for a fairly protracted moment. He he looks at Lady Elizabeth's paperwork and then pretty quickly shuts it. And he goes back to yours, James. Can I make a psychology roll? Certainly, you can make one. What are you attempting to ascertain? To discern whether or not he thinks he recognizes the photograph as the uh, the, the picture of a wanted man. Sure, go ahead. You know, if he kind of gives away any kind of, uh, uh-huh, I've seen this before and I want to do something about it. Okay, psychology is 62. And that is a 66, but I will spend the four points of luck required in order to make that a success. You're, you don't think he has... You don't think he's connected the two, but he is spending an awful lot of time looking at your passport. Okay, I will just sit there patiently and wait for him to finish. And um, if if um, if it becomes unusually long, I think I'll just uh, politely ask, uh, is there a problem? Sir? Doesn't respond to you. Okay. Steps towards the back of the vehicle. Those of you in the back see a light sort of wash over the back of the vehicle. You hear a, a rapping on the side of the truck and you see Paul's body sort of snap awake. Passporto, you hear in Italian. Oh, yes, of course, sir. And manual fish out her passport. You get bathed in this torchlight. Most of you do as the guard begins to scan the back. You see another gentleman come around the back of the vehicle and turn on his torch and look at, look through the back of the vehicle. He steps up into the flatbed, this new guard, and uh, he starts poking at Paul and demanding his passport. And Paul goes into his bag and fishes it out. So after they check the professor's passport and Maggie's, Paul's, they exit the vehicle. Do they take the passports with them? Yeah, for the moment. The original guard comes back to the front window and he says, Suffer late. It is, yes. Where are you going? Uh, we are heading towards uh, Ljubljana. Hmm. Ljubljana, huh? What business do you have there? Uh, just uh, a bit of sightseeing. Trip through Europe. Sightseeing. He fishes out one of the passports and hands it back to you. Thank you. It's a strange way for a lady to travel. Yes, well, sometimes we take what we can. There is quite a shortage of cars to be hired in Italy. Huh. You should take a train. He hands you back your passport, Fraser. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, unfortunately we missed the last one, so we're hoping to catch it up again at a later point. Do you need any petrol? Well, if uh, if you're able to provide us uh, with some, that would be most gratefully appreciated. Uh, we can pay for it. Yes, we have to. Of course. You have a, a pump here, or mm, no, no. A, there's a jug here. He says something very rapidly in Italian over the truck, and you see a a guard head back into the guardhouse. It's uncommonly kind of you, sir. Very much appreciated. I'm really dubious about this guy putting petrol into this truck, but I'm not going to tell if he can't. <laughs> the uh, border guard brings over uh, what looks like a 
it doesn't look like a regular sort of petrol jug. It looks like a, a basically a big tin can that they've made into one. Um, but it probably has, it could probably hold, you know, four or five liters worth of petrol. Keep us going for a bit. He uh, steps back and the, the other gentleman begins pouring petrol into the tank. I'll take it we can't actually really see what he's doing from where we are now. You really can't. That's the problem. It's too dark. You don't have a good vantage point. And now one of them is at the back of the vehicle. No. I think we'll just have to kind of sweat it out. Pay the gentleman. Um, how much do I owe you for the petrol, sir? He smiles very broadly. Uh, your passport, uh, are you from England? Scotland, uh, originally. But, uh, yes. Hmm. We'll say ten pounds sterling. Oh, that's uh, a very fair rate. <laughs> it's likely not a fair rate, professor. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's. I mean, he knows he's going to have to bribe these guys to to, to get through. He's not under any illusions uh, as to uh, whether you know whether or not this is going to be at, <laughs> at uh, kind of four court prices. But <laughs> if uh, if I'm not sure whether um, I would actually have ten pounds to hand, but I know. That um, the professor carries uh, several several notes in his pockets just to tide tide him over. So you hear professor, you hear your name get called or your title anyway. Yes. Um, would you uh, be so kind as to pass me a, a ten pound note? Uh, uh, yes, yes, I, 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 I'll have it back. Yes. You're you're receiving it currently in the form of, uh, of gasoline. Oh right. Oh, oh okay. One of the guards walks to the back of the, the uh, truck, the flatbed, and shines a light towards you, Professor. He pulls out his wallet and uh, gives him a tenner. Hmm. The man takes it, smiles, and then walks back to the other guard, and they sort of have some sort of a smile between the two of them. He, uh, the, the original guard taps on the side of the truck door and says, uh, Safe travels. I hope you've enjoyed your time in Italy. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful country. Just slight in the dark nudge of like, go, go, go. Yeah, we've all got our passports back and the uh, petrol tank has, has received its um, its input. And, and uh, I will start moving forward. You, uh, you won't do get your passports back. Uh, the guards seemingly did not notice Mr. Griffith under all those blankets. Uh, and so the group passes its way out of Italy and into Yugoslavia. And Fraser breathes a very heavy sigh of relief that that did not end up in a firefight. So the road ahead is not any smoother as far as the conditions go. It seems Italy's roads, while not necessarily so well maintained, are maintained a little better than the roads in Yugoslavia. Uh, so for those of you up on your history, you would know that this area of the country has seen an awful lot of turmoil in the better part of the several decades. Uh, and so there, the services in this space are probably not likely to be as um, available. That's just a, a reality as you sort of move through this portion of the country. Uh, that said... You are able to make good time towards Ljubljana because there's nobody else on the road at this hour. And I would ask then, Fraser, 
are you pushing to make the train at Ljubljana? Oh, I think we 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 know that the the next train is not for many hours, so um, we're, we're we're never going to make it. In, I mean, the, we've already missed one, and the, and the next one, it's only going to take. Um, assuming that there's no major holdups, and you know we don't run up petrol and have to walk the last um, ten fifteen miles, I, I reckon that on these kind of roads in this kind of vehicle, it's probably going to take four to five hours to, to get there. So it'll be daylight by the time we get there. Um, and then we're going to have to spend most of the day there before the before the, uh, the next train goes. All right, sir. So what I'd like from you is a constitution roll. All righty. Because you have not slept in some time. Yep. Yeah, I don't anticipate that I'll be sleeping at all tonight. Got a fairly good constitution. And that is an extreme success, 11 under 85. So you white-knuckle the last hour of this before Ljubljana. Everyone else, unless they are forcing themselves to stay awake, will have fallen asleep by then. And that is unavoidable. When you're up as long and done as many things as this investigator group has done and been through, sleep is just way too simple to find. Uh, likely mostly from exhaustion. In this period of sleep, because it's not as restful as you need to be, there will be no hit point recovery. There's no MP recovery either. And so you sort of pass through a four to five hour gray period. I think that's the best way to explain it. Nothing is really tangible. Um, Everything sort of exists in a blur. Um, Your brain feels cloudy. It's not at all restful. It is Yugoslavia. So there is that. Uh, But you arrive in Ljubljana roughly about what you believe is about 6, 7 a.m. It does take you some time. The city itself is basically dominated by a medieval fortress. Uh, The old quarter of the city sits between it and a river. There are some art academies here. Uh, There is a facility of theology as well. And it is wrapped in a pleasant hug of fog when you arrive and you almost arrive in in this sort of dream state too fraser so you are hanging on by the the last threads of that energy that you have to stay up and stay awake and you see what looks like a, a fairy tale really a city just at dawn wrapped in fog with a big fortress nearby first thing that um fraser is going to do is as they arrive in um, see if you can see anyone on the streets. I mean, I'm kind of assuming that uh, on the outskirts of the city, it's going to be more sort of residential. But um, I think once he once he gets in in, in a little bit, um, he's going to see if he can find someone that might possibly speak English that he can ask directions and ask if there is um, lodgings somewhere, like a hotel or somewhere they can stay, where which way to go. Well aware of the fact that the first few few people he speaks to probably won't understand a word he says yeah so let me make a block roll for you and see if you have any chance of finding someone who speaks english Hmm. all right so the first couple are not any help to you Uh, unfortunately you don't speak their native language here and they don't seem to piece together enough of what you're asking for so are you stopping or are you continuing to drive and just sort of picking at people as you go? 
I think for the time being anyway, I'm continuing to drive and, and um, picking at people as I go and keeping my eyes peeled as well to see if I can see somewhere that's maybe got a sign that says hotel or something that looks like it. Yeah, you pick your way enough through to find a, a hotel. You get near the middle of the city, which doesn't appear to be terribly far from the train station here, probably about four or five blocks, and you come upon the Hotel Ljubljana which is this, what looks like maybe five or six story yellow bricked hotel uh, that's sort of tucked at, right at a corner of the street. It looks old, but it looks like it probably has beds. So, Okay, well, that's, that's perfect. Just something that's serviceable um, and looks like it might be reasonably comfortable. Not, I'm not looking for the Ritz. Well, you have not, you have not found the Ritz, so that is helpful. Um, I'll pull up the truck and uh, gently wake up her ladyship if she's sleeping beside me. Uh, your ladyship, uh, we're here. Oh, where is here exactly? Uh, we're at uh, a hotel in Ljubljana. Oh, marvellous. If uh, you wish to remain in the truck, I'll, I'll uh, nip out and make the arrangements for rooms for us. That would be wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Fraser. My joints are desperate for a bed. Of course, of course. I'll, I'll wake the others up as well. And I shall do just that. Okay. So, in short order, most of you are roused awake, and Mr. Fraser, you go in and make arrangements inside the hotel. It is not terribly expensive to stay here, uh, so there is that comfort. There are no adjoining rooms. You basically have an option of what floor you want to stay on. The hotel appears to be about a third or a half full based on the missing keys on the back wall. Um, I think I'll try and find um, a single room for her ladyship and a room for Miss Ballinger. Uh, and then if there is a triple room for the three gentlemen, um, then I'll take that. Otherwise, uh, a double room, one for uh, the professor and uh, uh, Simon and one for myself. Unless they specify that every everybody specifies they want a single room on their own. There's four gentlemen, though. Yeah, don't forget Paul. Oh, and Paul, of course. Yes, there's Paul. Well, Paul can bunk up with me. That's fine. Richard would like to sleep on his own. Fair enough. You acquire what rooms are necessary. Um, some of you bunk together. Some of you bunk apart. All of you, if you choose to, are able to get a full night's rest here at the hotel. So the, the, when you say a full night's rest, are you saying a full night's rest during the course of the day, bearing in mind that we arrive at 7 a.m. and we need to leave at 1 minute the following morning? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. So what I mean more is you are unable to get enough rest to account for two hit points worth of recovery for Paul Piros and a tech, technically six to eight MP for those of you who may have spent any MP. So we'll pick up, I'll probably say about the middle of the afternoon. So... Roughly three or so in the afternoon, Professor, you wake up. Richard has a hankering for some tea. Well, luckily, the hotel does have food service here, so you are able to get tea and anything else you might need. All of the major signage is basically in a couple of different languages. Uh, you're going to get Italian. There is some English here in the hotel, uh, but there are no English papers. Richard will wander down and uh, attempt to try and find somewhere to sit and, uh, and have a tea. Yeah, there's a front uh, space just off the lobby where you can easily have that and sort of watch the um, 
I suppose the local environment ambiance that you could watch would be out the window, and that is an enormous roundabout. He will... Yeah, I think he's still worn out. He's, he's going to sit down and um, watch the people, the way they move, see if there's anything different about these ones. People here seem to be fairly purpose-driven. Gone are the the winds of the Bora. Gone are... Uh, uh, the big the big uh, plus point so far for you is that there's no uh, rope handrails along the sidewalks here so that that is a huge benefit for you yeah everybody seems to be it's, it seems a little bit of a sleepier town than Trieste was well, that's good news it's quiet um, the rest of you wake shortly thereafter so Fraser um, has some things to attend to now that they're in some form of civilization he is going to uh, head out uh, into the town he is going to first first place he's going to go is to somewhere where he can buy some clothes um, he's going to get a change of clothes for everyone if necessary he'll uh, he'll catch up with um, professor Courtney uh, in order to get some funds for this but i think everyone's everyone's probably needing a, a change of clothes i think we've got, we've got our luggage and that kind of thing with us but i know what we've been wearing for the last day, at least, anyway, is uh, probably fit for fit for the bin. So um, he's going to go and uh, and see to that, and also he's going to go to the station and make arrangements for uh, tickets um, on the Orient Express. Okay, yeah. Luckily for you, that's relatively simply done. You go and advise the offices there that you'll be picking up your stay on the Orient Express tonight. They double check the reservation via uh, bookings and uh, telegraph and they tell you that they'll have confirmation for you in a few hours they just ask to know where you're staying Um, I'll just let them know the hotel that we're staying at and then they ask you a question you are not prepared for which is do you require a car service to deliver you to the train station Hmm. um I'll get back to you on that. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll telephone you from, from the hotel and uh, let you know our decision on that. Very well. They look forward to seeing you and the rest of your party tonight. Splendid. Thank you. Um, and with that, I will um, head into the town. I've already obviously been uh, I've been around some of the shops in order to find somewhere to buy some clothes, but uh, I want to get a little bit of a feel for the place that we're in, seeing as we're here, get a, a little look at it. Um Maybe pop into a tobacconist's and um, get a refill from my pipe. Sure. And then head back to the hotel to rejoin the others. In that time, is anybody else doing any um, maintenance or, you know, errands before they get back on the train? Lady E is, uh, after waking up at her uh, normal accustomed time, meaning what it would be after she slept a normal eight hours, has written a letter to Ileana just writing down some thoughts about Italy, but also just that she's been dealing with some very confusing (laughs) um, feelings and events that we might have to discuss later, but that she also misses her and uh, hopes that we will make make time to meet at some point in the future, etc. But just spends most of the, the time working on that. Takes a long time to sort her feelings into words. Sure. Luckily, you have a little time. Uh, so, Simon, you've recovered a few more hit points, which is good. Super helpful. 
uh, Paul does check in in on you in the in the uh, after the two of you wake up to uh, administer a little bit more medicine rather than first aid. Which is fine. Uh, Simon is actually at six right now. I forgot the one that he got back at the end of last session. Um, so we, he's at twenty percent of his hit points. He's still obviously under the weather and just recuperating at this point. He's not intending to go adventuring at all at this point. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Paul spends about an hour with you, likely before you eat, just to make sure that all of your um, bandages are redone properly and uh, you are seen to. He seems to be pretty concerned about some of the potential for infection. Some of these and tells you that you need to mind them and be careful that they don't get dirty. You get two more hit points back from medicine. Does anyone else need medical attention? Because Paul would be um, keen to look at it before you got back on the express. I probably need some medical attention. Also, she went to sleep and woke up with all of the body parts in the bed with her clutching a knife. But if you're sleeping alone, no one's going to see that but you. So. No, but I just want it noted for the listeners that that's how Maggie sleeps now. It's now on the record. Is clutching a knife with all of the body parts in the bed. And then Maggie would get up and, and tidy it up before maybe seeking out some help from Paul. She's a bit low on hit points. A little a little bruised, a little battered, maybe a little recovering from hypothermia. All right. So you would heal two normally overnight. And... Ooh. Paul stays with you for about an hour to bind and treat your ailments and to try to give you various tonics and whatnot to to recover um, you a little bit. You don't feel any better after he's done. You still feel the same ache. Um, he even goes as far as to um, mix you a very specific tonic that should lift your spirits. It does nothing for you. I would even explain to Paul, too, that we found the the other leg and that I'm now experiencing symptoms in that leg as well. He takes a note in his little notebook and nods. This does seem to be a pattern then. Each each piece seems to be connected to you in some way. Oh, yes. It has some sort of influence over you. He lingers there by the door, seeming to want to ask a few more questions, but it doesn't um, doesn't pry. Well, uh, I know we're going to get started uh, fairly late this evening to board the train here, but um, if you need anything before we get on the train, please let me know. He seems to back his way out of the room and close the door. Anyone else? Richard definitely needs a bit of healing. He's uh, not felt his proper self for quite some time. Fair enough. At least we know what Paul's doing. Mostly. That's a good roll. That's a hard success on medicine. Ooh. Fresh, you get three hit points back. And Paul shows you a, uh, a fruit-based tonic that he has uh, been experimenting with. Um, what is what is this? Um, uh, uh, blackcurrant, is it? Strawberry? Mm-hmm. Blackcurrant. Ah, yes. What else? Well... A, a few medicinal additives, but uh, but but nothing nothing too um, narcotic, mind you. Ah, right, right. That's good. Just enough to um, just enough to pick you up. 
and get you going. Maybe a little bit of uh, additional, a hint of vanilla there. Uh, well, I'll give it a go, I suppose. Please do. He smiles. Yes, maybe you could do the, I, I don't know, something to, uh, it's just going to whisper on. Uh, maybe, maybe a little nutmeg to, to balance it, I think, would be, um, uh, would, would do the world of good. And I, I hear that has some um, excellent medicinal properties as well. Hmm. He makes a note. I'm a little concerned, he leans in. A little, just a little concerned about Miss Bellinger. Um, has she, she had a, did she take a turn last night or do something? Her, her right leg and knee is swollen. Ah, right. I, well, I'm not quite sure what she got up to, but, um, it was rather lively in the, uh, uh the cave we went to, and, uh, I'm sure she's just, I don't, I, I hope just sprained it or something. Oh. And give her something with the swelling one. Hopefully it'll abide a little bit. Yes. She does seem rather swollen all over. Mm. He nods. I agree. She needs proper travel. Uh, yes, I'm afraid the um, back of that truck was, uh, well, hardly fit for any of us, but um, there we are. Mm. See if you can get her um, to put her feet up. That should help with the swelling. I don't think I can get her to do anything at all. She'll do exactly what she wants to do and nothing else. Well, uh, I shall see you on the train tonight then. I uh, I have some errands to run myself before the uh, sun goes down. Yes, yes. Uh, don't, don't forget the nutmeg. Mm, I won't. He uh, clasps the bag together and locks it up and then heads out. Crazy, you're coming back in as Paul is leaving and he gives you a wave. Be back in about an hour. Oh, where are you off to, Paul? Mm. Oh, uh, the local pharmacist. Oh, I see. I, I, I'll uh, perhaps uh, <clears throat> pick up some uh, liniment for, for myself while you're there. I'm a wee bit stiff and achy after our exertions recently. I shall see to you straight away when I return. Oh, I'll, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. Um, perhaps we should have a wee chat as well at some point. Uh, oh, uh, yes, I'm, he steps just uh, a hair closer and says... Uh, I had a quite conversation with uh, the professor about Miss um, Bellinger. She um, she's not taking to treatment very well um, today. I don't know what it is. I don't know what is going on. Um, she's a bit swollen. Swollen, you say? Ah, I mean, that's what the professor said. Uh, swollen? How how swollen? Well, her right leg is her knee is uh, it's taken on some water. It seems like. Oh, have you had a chance to examine her? I have, I have, but um, he sort of raises one of his hands as if um, he's powerless. I, I, I tried everything I knew. I haven't, it hasn't brought the swelling down yet. I hope it's not an infection. Oh, that's, that's, that's very unfortunate. Uh, well, uh, do whatever you can. And I wonder if we might need to seek uh, some specialist uh, assistance. How, how are you faring? as well with the uh, I know we're, we're dragging you from pillar to post and uh, I do apologise for the, the situation that uh, we've placed you in here it can't be easy for you I was um, fortunate to see enough post-war in Paris um, that uh, I've got strength left aye well good man good man but you know uh you're not beholden to us. If you 
feel that what we've undertaken is too much for you, then nobody will think any the less of you if you uh, make your way back home. Oh, well, home isn't really a place I I want to go anymore. Um, I would be back to England once Lady Elizabeth is... Well, once once I'm done in her service, I'll probably head back to England to go to school. Um, the medical universities in England are far better than they are in the States, and I want to be a doctor. Aye, good man. Well, you've certainly uh, earned your stripes, so to speak, uh, with the, the kind help that you've provided for us on our travels. But well, I, I have to say, uh, Paul, uh, I do uh, apologize for interrupting, but um, the situation that we find ourselves is tenuous at best. And, well, you've seen yourself that there is danger involved. And I would not like you to be traveling on with us blindly, so to speak. Uh, you must know that the danger to us could could become danger to yourself and I, I would uh, I would not feel comfortable um, I would not feel comfortable if I did not warn you of this and, and give you the opportunity to uh, step away if uh, if it was not something that you felt you could uh, take part in hmm. well I do appreciate the warning I think that what the um, I think with what the lady has provided for my uh, services, uh, I think I am still in a bit of debt, as far as I see it. And until that's until that's paid, no, I'll be no, here. Not at all, Paul. In my opinion, and uh, I would hope that I can speak for her, her ladyship on, on on this score as well. In my opinion, the stalwart and good-humoured manner in which you have conducted yourself and uh, and assisted us when you could quite easily have turned your back on us or um, or, or gone to the authorities under certain, certain circumstances because I know that some of the things that have happened have been very unusual to say the to say the least you have you have repaid any debt you might feel that you owe us many fold and I am sure that when we have uh, completed this undertaking, I am sure that her ladyship will do her level best to uh, provide you with uh, any means necessary to uh, continue the education that uh, you are uh, pursuing and uh, and help in any way that she can to uh, ensure that you uh, um, you get a good position because by God, man, you've earned it. Well, um, I do appreciate you saying so, Mr. Fraser. You are, uh, yeah. I think in some ways you're a lighthouse for the people around you. Oh, not at all. I, I, I just do what I see needs to be done. That's all. I'm far from perfect. <laughs> Aren't we all? Well, I'm going to hurry along if, uh, if that's it. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. I, I'm just going to go and uh, check on the others. Are, are they all up and awake now? Do you know? Hmm. They are some in different stages of uh, of that. St- of that state very good well I won't hold you up any longer and uh, I'll see you back at the hotel later uh, uh, the uh, the train leaves at uh, shortly after 1am uh, so we'll need to have ourselves ready to go by then um, they have asked at the station whether we require a um, 
a, a taxi cab, I believe, a vehicle to transport us from the hotel. Uh, is Miss Bellinger uh, able to walk, do you think? Able, yes. Should she? Probably not. In fact, I, I would say, from a physician's standpoint, if I was one, I would say that much could be same could be said for the lady herself as well. While she is able enough with the cane, it might be a good idea, even for the four or five watt block, to save her strength. Um, there's there's no reason we should continue um, the physical exertion unless it's necessary. Yes, yes, it's been a very uh, a very tiring uh, few hours for for her. Um, not just the caves themselves, and he kind of he sort of searching for a way to um, kind of couch what he's saying in generalities um, but uh, but also the, the, the journey in, in, in the truck was not comfortable and yes I, I will telephone the station I think and, uh, and make arrangements for a, for a car to, to bring us to the station. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Good enough. Paul uh, disappears down the street bag in hand. We'll watch him go for a moment and then go and uh, head back into the hotel uh, and if Professor Courtney is uh, sitting in the uh, dining area or in the bar area. I'll, I'll go and join him and get myself something to eat and uh, maybe a a beer if they have such a thing available. Oh, certainly. The professor awaits. Ah, Mr. Fraser. Um, how how did you get on? Well, I um I have some uh, changes of clothes for us if uh, if we need some additional attire. Um. I reckon that what we've been wearing uh, the last day or so has uh, probably outlived its usefulness. Would you like a, a drink or...? Uh, yes, a drink will be um, marvellous, thank you. I'm, I'm going to have a beer, I think. I think, I think we've owned it. Uh, same for you. Oh, um, well, when in Rome or Ljubljana? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they have something here. Um I'll see if I can get something to eat. Have you have you eaten? Uh, well, no, only um, what was served with the tea. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they might have a nice sandwich or something. Yeah, yes, that's a that's a, a that's a very good idea. Let's get some sandwiches and beer. Aye, good, honest, down to earth food. And that's exactly what you get a hold of. So for the uh, next few hours, everyone's either able to eat rest, um, make up any sort of arrangements you might need to do for travel. Um, uh, Mr. Fraser has brought a change of clothes for folks here, uh, which is good because the cave, the clothes that were worn in the cave likely need to be burned because they are gross. Um, but um, without, if there's no uh, argument, we'll just fast forward a tad uh, to that evening. So as rightly pointed out by the Orient Express train schedule um, the train leaves just a little after 1 a.m so it is something that you here arrive on a, uh, about 15 20 minutes past midnight so I think um, mr. Fraser will ask will telephone the uh, the station from the hotel and he'll ask for uh, a car. And I'm guessing it would probably be about, be about half 12 or so the car would pick us up to take us to the station to get us plenty of time to get on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're happy to send a car around. They, they ask how many are in your party. Um, two vehicles actually arrive. 
Uh, so you have two four-door vehicles that have reasonably comfortable seats in them. Uh, no one feels pressed or smashed or any of that, which is helpful. And these cars even have the Orient Express crest on the side of it. Uh, they appear to be... <laughs> they don't appear to be like any of the other local cars here. I'll just put it that way. Uh, so there's awful, there's an awful lot of carriages, horses used here. There are some autos, of course. These are something that you would likely see more towards uh, the interior metropolitan areas of Paris or, or even London. Um, the ride is smooth. It, it's only four or five blocks. And so it might seem like a little bit of a luxury for most of you. Um, but given the rise in elevation as you walk and the, well, the fact that you'd be walking down the street in the middle, literally in the middle of the night, uh, it's nice having just that extra creature comfort for all of your creatures. Uh, the train station is, I wouldn't say busy. I would say it is quiet, even with the Orient Express there having pulled in. Uh, why don't you all make me spot hidden rolls? Oh boy. That's a normal success, 59. Yep, 34 under 77s were normal for Richard as well. That is a no, 83. <laughs> nope, sorry. That's clearly a mistake there. Sorry, um, that, that's a hard success. What I what I didn't do when I updated my um, spot hidden score was update the uh, hard and extreme values. And I'm just thinking, hang on a minute, that's that's not right. Hmm. All right, so so it's a hard success for the professor, um, Maggie. You've gotten a normal success for Maggie. Forty-eight on forty-eight. Ooh, Simon, that's a sixty-eight over fifty-one. That's a fail. All right. <laughs> Paul failed that. Pretty spectacularly. So, Professor, you're the only one that sees it. You see something at the front of the train through some of the other passengers, sort of in the gaps between people as they move on and off. Remember that people are still exiting the train here at Luliana, although this isn't a major tourist spot. Some people do get out and stretch their legs and try to take in some of the night air. Um, through some of that, you see engineers working on the front of the train. Uh, they're dressed in Orient Express rail workers' uniforms, and they seem to be doing something, some sort of maintenance work, maybe, on the train. Um, the train is also still steaming. Like, it's still letting off a fair amount of steam. And while you're not a locomotive expert, you do know a few things about steam engines. This seems a little irregular. Richard will saunter up and um, see if he can see what's going on. Uh, you are very pleasantly intercepted by a member of the Orient Express staff. And they say, uh, if you have a ticket, sir, right right here, they sort of be they begin to make a guardrail against you getting too close to the engine and sort of usher you closer towards where you can actually enter the train. Ah, yes, I know, but um, I, I have my ticket here, but um, it's such a marvelous machine, isn't it? Um, look, look at this. It's, it's splendor. Um, I, I mean, they, they don't have them like this back in, uh, in, uh, Cheddar. Um, we have a little, um, 
a little one that um, it, it does a sterling job running between uh, Cheddar and Bristol, but um, I, I mean the, 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 the sheer grandeur. I mean, you must let me have a look at the engine. It's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Well, they are doing uh, a, a bit of work uh, to it oh, right now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I know. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I mean, it, it's all part of the authenticity, isn't it? I mean, uh, an, an engine like that running such uh, a long distance on trains through um, uh, valleys and mountains. And I, I mean, I, no, no wonder maintenance needs to be performed. But um, yes, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure a, a brief uh, a view, I, I promise I won't get in the way, would be uh, no problem at all. Would it? He he nods a little bit and says, "If, if you're willing just just to stay back here on this portion of the platform, you can you can take a look as they uh, just do the maintenance before we leave. I will mind you though that the train will leave on time, sir. Ah, no problem at all. So you're there looking here at the um, them work on the train. The rest of you are getting back settled into what has become your home away from well Italy, uh, the Orient Express." They place you in the same compartments as you had before. It'd be different ones, though, because it's a different train. Nope. Actually, it's the exact same ones. All right, because the train that we were going to get left 24 hours ago. <laughs> Correct. Ah, that's very interesting. But I think, I think if Fraser's aware of that, then that will, that will strike him as very odd. That Why are they on the same train? Right. They shouldn't be on the same train. They should be on the next train. Hmm... Interesting. Uh, a varying amount of people get on the train from young to old. The group that gets on is probably half the size of the group that gets off. So the train now is is relatively full of passengers. There is a uh, <laughs> there's a raucous party it seems going on in the saloon car. Uh, you can hear it from the platform. You can hear music. You can hear people singing. Glasses clinking. Uh, there is no stopping that saloon car, likely for the next hour or so, uh, or until they decide to shut it down. Um, but uh, but you do all board the train and take your 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 spots. Uh, you see a couple of uh, elderly folks get on uh, with the assistance of their staff. So uh, a couple of people get on in wheelchairs. There are. No children boarding this time. I'm not saying there are no children on board, but no children boarding. Um, and Maggie, you getting on the train is a little higher degree of difficulty than probably anyone else. Uh, your body is racking with pain and aches. Nothing, it seems, that uh, Paul has been able to attempt is working. And you do feel a little... Your joints feel a little swollen. Yeah. And imagine once we get settled into the train, um, Maggie might ask Richard for a little train medicine. All right. And uh, see if that helped because nothing else has helped. Like, I've asked Paul, it's fine. Like, I mean, Maggie's kind of into all the aches and pains that she's having from the body parts these days, sure. but. She, it's, it can't, they can't get in the way of her doing her job, I guess. Mm. So, Professor, you um, stay outside just a little bit longer, and I would like you to make me a mechanical repair roll. I think that's as close as we can possibly get to what you would actually need to roll. 
Unless you have a steam engine skill. Uh, no, I mean, he's got physics as well, so I guess that's possibly helpful, depending on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's a 32 under 40, so a regular success. Yeah, it looks like one of the... Um, they're replacing one of the steam valves here, just on the top of the train. It it looks like it... It's a whole new it's a whole new portion of that. Like maybe something cracked. Richard will try and get somebody's attention. Mm-hmm. Um excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh I I do believe that they're, they're changing a, a steam valve up there. I'm not very much mistaken. So you're asking what a porter? Oh no no, he's gonna try and uh irritate one of the engineers. <laughs> the engineer looks at you. Yeah, we had a uh we had an issue coming up the uh the mountain. I don't know what it is. We're hoping to fix it. There was some business in the train that went on. Something in the train caused the valve to go? What on earth happened? I don't really know, to be honest. I heard a strange noise while we were making our way here, and huh. it come out, and the steam is everywhere, and so we're doing what we can to, right. to get it under control. Well, I have no idea at all. Not a one. What did the driver say? I mean, he must have known... Well, well, the firemen, the uh, pressure in the tanks, all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. He said the pressure surged without him being able to get it back under control. He cranked and cranked the wheels and stuff like that to try to get it back uh, away from the red, but uh, it just kept going up. Oh, most peculiar. Ah, well, I'm sure you'll have it fixed. He nods. You can tell that they're uh, getting closer to... Wrapping up some of the maintenance uh, folks have come in and the platform is mostly empty. There's a couple of there's a couple of porters near the end of the train that are still getting some some people on. Yeah, Richard will disappear and uh, get get on the train. You turn around and there's a person standing in front of you, Richard. Ah, a porter. Nope. It's a gentleman, probably five eleven ish or so, long dark coat, black fedora pistol and he looks at you and says Professor Courtney uh, 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 who may I uh, ask is inquiring Mrs. Griffith says hello and he pulls the trigger would you like to die for cover if you would like to die for cover I will mind you this the one place you can get cover is under the platform uh, I'm, I'm going to I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this in character and say Richard's so shocked that someone A has asked for him and B has shot him. He's probably just there wondering what the hell's going on. Okay. You are stunned as this gentleman who you've whirled around to see pulls the trigger right in front of you. And if you're not gonna die for cover, then you're gonna get shot. Yeah, I think he needs to, really. Yeah. Alright. Uh so that's twelve points damage. Ooh. That's quite a lot. It is. <laughs> the gun goes off a thunderous for you roar. Um, Richard doesn't really have any weapons, so is there a handy rock around? <laughs> there is not. Um, after 12 hit points of loss, where are you? Uh, six. Very good. Uh, there is not a handy rock around. Uh, there's not loose debris. Uh, 
if... There wouldn't happen to be a spanner on the platform. I mean, it sounds like the sort of thing there could be. It could be. Um, would you like to roll luck to see if there's a handy uh, spanner or perhaps a, perhaps even a coal shovel you could use? Oh, and I... Yeah. No, I think a, a handy spanner. Uh, it was uh, just like Mr. Spikes. This one was worse. This is 94 now, so... Um, Richard's just going to run then in that case um, I, I say I, I, I've been shot and he's going to book it off down the platform yeah the gentleman who you saw on the platform who you pass now trying to get back to the train and back to safety um, will turn and fire again to shoot you in the back is, is there any chance we would have heard this gunshot certainly you hear a bang there's nothing you can do about it in the moment as far as combat round goes but um, the, a gunshot like that is pretty undeniable. Even with the extra insulation that the Orient Express offers, it's it's a gunshot on a platform, which is already sort of a an echo-making machine. How, how busy was the platform when we were getting on the train? Was it pretty empty? Uh, it was fairly empty enough, yeah. Because mm. I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of reaction outside to this as well. But I guess it'll take a few moments for us to be able to get to a position where we can observe it. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's hey, going just, on? Just let me handle this really quick. We'll get to it, promise. All right. It's 26. All right, so that's a hard success. Oh, dear. (laughs) And that's 11 points of damage. Richard will be at minus five. Well, it's not really how things work. Um, So I guess the question for you is, um, if you would like to survive the attack, you can. My luck is going to go down, isn't it? Well, you'll have to spend all of your luck. All of it, yes. You won't have any luck if you die. That's true. (laughs) I'm still weighing this up. (laughs) Yeah, Martin, Martin, just do it. And I had so much luck. 54 points as well. What you have to weigh up is, do I want to live or do I want to die? That's the choice you have to make Well, go on then. Okay. So, you spend all your luck. You fall onto the platform in a heap. The last things that you hear are are shouting and sort of dull echoes around your ear of your heartbeat slowing down. You feel yourself lay there on the the cold platform. And then everything slowly around you just grinds to a halt. Visually auditorily and the frame freezes it doesn't go anywhere and the only place we go is on to our next episode so thank you so much for joining us for this episode of horror on the orient express we'll investigate what happens next week